0: G'day, welcome to God's Word Today's World, applying scripture to modern life. My name is Dan Van Werkhoven. I'm an Aussie writer and pastor living with my wife on a tiny island called Saipan. Join me today as I dig into scripture and explore how God's word can still be applied to our lives thousands of years later. Hey, you're listening to episode 7 of the God's Word Today's World podcast. In today's episode, we're taking a look at the persecution of Christians in the West. It's a vastly different kind of persecution to what many of our brothers and sisters face in other countries. We don't often face physical danger here. Rather, we face a rot that slowly destroys faith over years There is a way to fight that persecution, there is a way to defend against it, but first we need to learn how to recognize it. If you want access to the show notes and full transcript, you can find that over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen and look for episode 7 on the list. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. But without further ado, let's dig in. Last week in episode 6 of the God's Word Today's World podcast, we looked at how Peter and John were given an order by the chief priests to not talk about Jesus. That order went directly against Jesus' own command to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which was for them to be his witnesses throughout the world. Peter and John then said this to the chief priests, the very men who had put Jesus to death. Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? We also looked at how the Bible teaches that there is no authority on earth which God has not allowed. And we're to honor those authorities because that honors God. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 13 to 17 told the church to even honor Emperor Nero, a man who brutally persecuted and murdered Christians. So as Christians, we have this balance where to honor authorities So long as their laws do not go against God's commands, the moment they do, we're to make following God's commands a priority. Another way to think of it is this. God is the big boss of a company that we work for. We want to keep that boss happy, so we do what he says. The big boss has put managers in place to run the company. To please the big boss, we listen to the managers and do what they say because they're in their position because the big boss put them there. But if a manager tells us to do something that we know goes against the big boss's rules, who are we trying to please? Which is right in the big boss's eyes? To listen to the manager or to listen to him? Today in Acts, we're looking at how the early church dealt with persecution, and how that applies to us, even in the West, where we can believe in Jesus openly without our lives being in danger. Our passage today is Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. Being let go, they came to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, O Lord, you are God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David said, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth take a stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his Christ." For truly both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your counsel foreordained to happen. Now, Lord, look at their threats, and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done throughout, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were gathered together. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So after Peter and John had been grilled by the chief priests and warned and threatened to not speak about Jesus, they headed back to their own people, the believers, the believers of Jesus Christ, And they reported everything that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Then they did something which I love. The believers, when they heard about the persecution, raised their voices together in prayer to God. They glorified God. They acknowledged the wonders he had done. They acknowledged that there was nothing on earth, in the sea, or in heaven that he hadn't made. The believers recognized that everything that was happening, what had happened to Jesus, what had happened to them, had been prophesied about by, G- by, sorry, by David in Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. The persecution didn't take them by surprise. They expected it. And they recognized that even what had happened to Jesus, God's anointed one, had happened because that was what God had decided would happen beforehand. Not that God had forced anyone to put Jesus on the cross. We are all responsible for our own actions. But God knew what the actions of those people would be, and he used their wickedness to fulfill his purposes. The disciples knew that the world would hate them because it first hated Jesus. And so, instead of moaning about how hard life is, about how terrible it is they were being persecuted, they praised God. They acknowledged his sovereign power, and they prayed for strength to speak God's word with great boldness. That led me to this question. When we face opposition for our faith, What is our first response? Do we get scared and internalize what happened and plan how we can avoid that same situation in the future? Do we get angry about how dare someone disagree with us or persecute us? Do we immediately go and find other believers, tell them the story, and then all pray together for strength and boldness to proclaim the gospel? How often do we go to other believers and pray together, asking for boldness and courage? How often are our prayers instead, God, please keep so-and-so from insulting me at work? Or God, please keep me safe and make sure I don't get hurt, physically or emotionally? Or God, please end the persecution of believers in the world? How often... Are those our prayers? I know those are often my prayers. I spend more time asking for safety and protection from persecution than for boldness and courage to declare the truth about Jesus despite persecution. And that's what I want to focus on here boldness despite persecution. I want us to be like those believers in Acts chapter 4. I want us to pray for boldness and courage, to pray for God to consider the threats of those who hate him and enable us to speak his word with boldness. And on that note, I want to open up the comment section of this episode, episode 7, for you to share stories of how you've been persecuted recently how you face situations at work, at school, wherever, of people treating you poorly because of your faith. And this is a safe place because all comments are moderated. So if anyone responds inappropriately to your comment, I simply won't allow their comment to go live. And it doesn't matter how minor the persecution might seem there is no situation that's silly because it's not really persecution. See, in the West, we face a very different kind of persecution to what many believers in other countries face, people who face life and death situations daily because of their faith. Here, the persecution is far more subtle. It's these seemingly small things like Not being invited to a party, being looked over for a promotion, ignored in conversation, laughed at behind our backs. The threat of this kind of persecution is that because our lives aren't in danger, we run the risk of not recognizing it for what it is, an attack by the world on our faith. And that's what makes it so dangerous. It's a rot that slowly eats away at our faith until one day we're just Christians who attend church on Sunday, but the moment we step out of church, no one would know that we call Jesus our Lord. Or maybe we stop attending church altogether. We live lives exactly like the world, and we never speak about Jesus. In the West, often when someone first gives their life to Jesus, They're full of excitement and joy for God and they can't hold it back. And yet, five years later, 10, 20, 30, they'll have toned down and become more respectable. They become lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. In other words, ineffective. Unless we recognize that any attack against our faith no matter how slight is persecution, Christians in the West will become less and less effective until we have no impact at all on our society. Why do I believe this will happen? Because if we pretend that something as small as being ignored in conversation because we're Christian, if we pretend that isn't persecution, we make light of it. We don't take it to other believers and ask for strength. Instead, we can feel ashamed to bring it up because, well, people in other countries are dying for their faith. I can't ask someone to pray for me because I got ignored in a conversation. That's pathetic. But anything that discourages us from being bold about our faith is persecution. And the danger of Western persecution is that it shames us into silence with its insignificance. We need to get rid of the mindset that we don't face persecution in the West. Because we do. It's just a different kind of persecution. But just because it takes 20 years to slowly destroy a believer here and turn them into someone who refuses to be a witness for Jesus, that doesn't mean that it's not persecution we face. See, the devil attacks believers to stop us from talking about Jesus. He can and does use every weapon available. Even if it takes decades to rot a faith, that faith is still destroyed. We need to recognize that we're just as much at war here in our comfortable and civilized Western world as our brothers and sisters in other countries who are dying for their faith. We need just as much prayer as they do, but not prayers that the persecution be removed, prayers that we be bold. We cannot just ignore persecution here because it's not as bad. It will still kill our faith, it will still destroy our witness. The persecution we face is rot instead of a furnace. Both will destroy and destroy completely if they're allowed. One just takes much longer to do so. So please take courage. If you've faced persecution, no matter how slight in your life, be bold. And tell me about it in the comment section for episode 7, so I can pray for you. And yes, I'll pray for every single person who comments. I won't laugh, I won't think that you're silly, but rather I'll be awed by your courage, because it takes far more guts to speak up about how a co-worker snubbed you because of your faith, than it does sometimes to speak up about how your life was in danger because of your faith. Oftentimes we can see that as an impressive and amazing story of God's power. And so it doesn't take much courage to tell those stories at times. But a story about how someone ignored us, so often we see that as shameful and embarrassing and we're unwilling to admit how we feel about that, how it made us feel ashamed of our faith and not want to speak up. So please, have courage to share those stories so that we can pray for one another, so that we can pray that in those times we will have boldness and that our faith won't be rotted away by the little things in life. So please, join me in the fight to remove the stigma of persecution in the West. Thank you for joining me today on God's Word, Today's World. If you'd like to view the show notes or leave a comment, you can find the complete list of all podcast episodes over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen. Hope to see you next week. Now go apply God's word to your life.